Well, the kids can be dismissed to go downstairs with Mrs. Reed. Those that aren't sleeping? Oh, no, not sleeping, huh? <laughs> that maybe she was out. Well, this morning I wanted to, to spend our time talking about the thoughts of God. And I was, as I was reading and studying, and I ran, ran across that thought or that terminology in the in the NIV Bible. It talked about the thoughts of God, and it kind of made me stop and think. You know, and if you compare it to your own thoughts, you know, when you think about it, there are a lot of thoughts going around up here. Sometimes maybe they're not so logical. Sometimes they're kind of hit and miss, and they're a little bit all over the map. And, you know, it, but, you know, there's a lot of thoughts we have going on. And I was thinking about, you know, how would you quantify or the thoughts that must be going on in, in the mind of God? And so it kind of got me thinking about this whole thing, and and there I wanted to. It's not really a two-part message from last week, but I referenced part of the, our text this morning in First Corinthians chapter two yet last week, but I wanted to kind of expand on that a little bit and talk about as believers the position that we have through Christ through the Holy Spirit as far as the relationship that you and I can have with God Almighty, the living God, the Creator, you know, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, you know, that however you can lift God up to somewhat attain to who He is in relation to who we are. You know, it's like there's this big difference, but yet God treats us so well in, in so many areas. Um there's a quote here by Sam Shoemaker. He said, Think of God in his uh, foraging, his invading, his energizing, his vitalization, his renewing, his enlightening, his convicting, and strengthening acts aspects. So trying to just encompass everything you can about God. We shall come somewhere near the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Because the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is so dynamic, it's so broad, but yet it, if you think of who the Holy Spirit is and what he represents of God and what he brings into our lives, um, it's, it's, to me is it's just mind-boggling. But let's go to this. Go to the to the text and let's read, um, beginning at uh, verse nine of chapter two, and we'll read through sixteen. It says, however, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. 
For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except this man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Lord, I thank you for this word, this text, Lord. Lord, help it become a reality and help us to understand what that means for each and every one of us. Thank you in Jesus' name. My thought this morning is is that God has given believers unbelievable access to the inmost intimacies of his being. In other words, I was trying to paint the picture that through the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to, to know God in a very meaningful, deep way. It is a very close relationship that we can have if, if we choose to do that. So let's look at a few things this morning, a couple of phrases, things that I think are very relevant for, for life, for you and I. Let's first talk about what's revealed by His Spirit. If we go back to verse 10 again, there... And, and really think about what that verse says. And I'll, and I'll work at it from back to front. It says that the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit knows this, you know, that, that knows God in that kind of intimacy, that deep relationship. Because it, it, he is the spirit of God, just like you and I have a spirit in it. And our spirit is, n- no one would know more about us than, than what our spirit reveals or knows. Because that's who we are, that's us. The same thing with God, with the Holy Spirit. But then go to the, back to the first part, he says, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. So in other words, there's this, avenue or this exchange that's possible between us and God with some incredible knowledge and desires of God and you know God's heart how he feels what he how he value, values us not to mention everything else that possibly could be known in the world is there but God has formed the way for you and I to experience that. And when you think about that, what that one verse says, there is such potential. There's so many possibilities that can be revealed to us. That God can work in our lives in miraculous ways because we have His Spirit within us. And whatever the Spirit chooses to show us or give us is coming from the intimate, most deep parts of God. 
it's, to me, it's very humbling and very, um, you know, just kind of in awe of, of why would God do that? And keep in mind that the Holy Spirit does, that there's nothing that he does not know about you and I. He knows us from top to bottom, inside to out. I mean, we, we are known by him. And keep in mind that this Holy Spirit knows everything in regards to God. He's part of the, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So there's there, there's nothing hidden. There's everything is possible as far as being revealed or or given, if needed. Um, so when wh- having said that, and in, in trying to get our minds around that, it would seem to me that this would support. How by the gifts of the Spirit, that the gifts, gifts, for example, of wisdom and knowledge, that they're possible to you and I. Now, we believe in the, in the gifts of the Spirit. God imparting knowledge, healing, all, you know, all of those things. But when, just, if you just consider those two, wisdom and, and knowledge, they're possible because they come from God that knows everything. He knows everything about you and I. He knows everything that we need to know. And so when that, when the Holy Spirit chooses to operate and give us wisdom or knowledge or you know, impart that, that is wisdom and knowledge that's coming from a God that knows everything. Nothing is unknown. And he knows us intimately. He knows the situation Probably involves other people quite often, and, and things where we're 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 dealing with issues, or he's wanting to help us. But the you know the idea that we have the Holy Spirit and what He reveals is possible that you and I are able to receive the information we need. I mean, it, it it's maybe revelation knowledge to us as far as what we need to do because maybe it isn't at all what we're thinking. If he imparts something, wisdom or knowledge or, or even healings, <clears throat> he knows what it takes to heal particular things in life and doctors may or may not. And you know, obviously... They can try, they can help, they do a lot of good sometimes, but sometimes it's way beyond, beyond what they can do. But all of these things become relevant or, or feasible because of it's all been revealed. It's capable through the Holy Spirit to see that. And we talk about, um, uh, it talks about even the deep things of God. If it isn't enough for the Spirit to search all things, it's, it, it, uh, Paul takes it further and he says, even the deep things. And here that word, the, the, the original meaning of that word, it has the meaning of hidden or mysterious things of God. Those things that were not revealed to man. 
Paul was recipient of that as far as the, the, the fact that the gospel message was intended for the Gentiles, non-Jewish people. That was, that, was, that, that was hidden up until Jesus came on the, the earth and his ministry, his death, what that all allowed and brought into possibilities. Things that were not even thought of before. But they were, that information, that, that kind of knowledge was some of those things that were hidden in the deep things of God for eternity almost. It had been there forever, but there came a point where it was revealed. And so even those deep things, Paul is including here, that are, are and can or have been revealed to us. And as you try to embrace this whole picture of what the, the text is saying here, um, I just kind of get a sense almost of overwhelm is trying to trying to think about it. How how it can be, what it can be, and it just raises even more questions, it seems like, the more you think about it and try to get it figured out a little bit and quantify things. But when about the time you do that, it seems to open up two or three more questions if you know, and, it, and it's just almost more than you can begin to think about. And you can almost wear yourself out thinking about it, trying to think about it. Um, but in just in a nutshell, I think it just speaks so much, such a tremendous desire that God has for you and I. He loves us so much that he was willing to, to do what he has done for us. Another thing that would be kind of included here is is the idea of the of the thoughts of God. And this is kind of where the title came for from. When it talks about the latter part of that talks about that in the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. I mentioned earlier, how do you quantify the thoughts of God? I mean, what must be going on in in the mind of an infinite, omnipotent God at any one moment? I mean, if you just think about it, if if we really believe God is all-knowing, all-powerful, present everywhere in the world, knows the hairs, the number of hairs on every person's head, you know, knows that kind of detail. What would that make our supercomputers look like today? I think they'd look a little outdated and a little incapable and the capacity rather small. When you, you try to understand what what Paul is alluding to here in in this whole thing. Um, but it, notice what it says, and, and this is the part that should should hit home, should should excite you. I, I hope is the fact that who knows the thoughts of God? Who knows you know whatever they are, and try that get that picture. But regardless of what they are, who knows those thoughts? 
It's the Spirit of God. And who has the Spirit? You and I do. We've been given the Holy Spirit. So this whole relationship that we have through God, I mean, there that to me just has potential and no limits written all over it. Because we have that kind of a, a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. Um, so let's go on and let's talk about the Spirit from God. Verses 12 and 13. And this this speaks, I, I think, a lot to you know the, the new creation. The fact that you know it's not... You know, I'll just read it. It says, We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is, <clears throat> this is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. So <clears throat> those verses really identify the fact that um, there's some great value that we can gain from this. Paul gained from it. We can gain from it. But notice that God says that he's freely given us that. Paul writes that, that God has given all of what we just talked about to us freely. It's, It's been made available to us. Not that we do anything to deserve it, but that's just what God has chose, how God has chose to deal with us as far as his creation. So if you're wanting spiritual truths from God's word for your life, God has provided them in the words of his, of his Bible. And the Holy Spirit uses the written word. He reminds us of it. And there are, you know, all of these aspects of this relationship as far as knowing and understanding God intimately, because he is the spirit, he knows everything about God, that, that is in that relationship that we have with the spirit. And Paul does give his own ministry and all of the apostles authority here at this point when he says, that uh, what he uh, and, and all, what he's talking about and us, he says us, he's referring to all the apostles, were taught, what we were taught was not taught to them by human wisdom, but was taught by the Spirit. So in other words, this isn't just what um, Paul was thinking or it wasn't Paul's interpretation, anything of that. His words were authoritative because their source was the Holy Spirit. And Paul was not merely giving his own personal views or his personal impression of what God had said. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote the very thoughts and the very words of God. And we can be assured of this as well. That when we read the written word, we believe that the, that was the inspired word of God that was written down by various authors as they were, as the word says, carried along by the Spirit. So we have 
And we believe that the, the Bible, what we have is the Bible is the Word of God. It, it carries authority. It's, it's very uh, revealing of, as far as who God is. Um, but I am, I am very thankful that God has made His revelation of Himself understandable to us who have the Spirit. That's you and I. That in His vastness, in His unlimited knowledge and everything, He's made things available to us that make sense, that are important to us. It's kind of like He's kind of sifted through and he's come to, it's kind of come down to the real nuggets of life. He's put in here for us to use. I mean, he, he could have overwhelmed us with volumes and volumes and volumes of, of information if, if he'd have wanted to. I mean, it, it, it becomes a challenge sometimes to get through this much and read it and study it and understand it because it seems like it's a lot. But this is what God wanted to give to us and reveal to us. Um, verse 14, if we, if we move down one more verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 14, says that the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. This wisdom, this understanding that what God wants to give to us is kind of coded. It's kind of in a, a code, so to speak. And it's only by the Holy Spirit that it is understandable to us. Because otherwise it seems like it's really crazy stuff. Really no way this could happen. But when you have the Spirit of God, which is so very important then the things that God wants to give to us make a lot of sense. We, we, can, we can embrace them, we can see how they can be a part of our lives, and they, they help us. And the Bible is able to accomplish what God wants it to do in us and through us. And I think that's why Jesus taught in parables. And, and I, it would have been amazing to be a disciple of Jesus, literally walking with him, seeing him. But sometimes I can just see Peter and talking with some of the other disciples like in their little discussions thinking, why doesn't he just speak plainly? You know, why don't he just say what he's meaning? Why does he beat around the bush kind of with this stuff? And and, and they're scratching their head and then they got to go ask him sometimes later, explain this, what what were you just talking about? Because it doesn't seem to correlate. If you look in 8.10, Luke 8.10, um, it, it kind of alludes to this. It says, he said, and, and this is Jesus, he said, the knowledge of the secret, secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that though seeing they may not see and though hearing they may not understand. So in other words, what Jesus is, you know, th this information and, and what he's relating and, 
everything that the Spirit makes available to you and I is kind of privileged information, so to speak. Because He values us. And it's kind of coded so that it doesn't make sense to anybody else. Anybody else really don't want it because it seems like foolishness. But by the work of the Holy Spirit and what He does, the the Spirit that comes from God, we have a, a marvelous gift from God for those who believe. We we have such a um, ability to deal with life. You know, if, if we'll all go back to God and, and filter everything through the Holy Spirit, through the Word, um, we will find what we need for life. Last thing I want to talk about this morning is, is the mind of Christ. Verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he might instruct them? But we have the mind of Christ. In other words, you and I, as believers, have the mind of Christ. And Paul alludes to the superiority of the knowledge and the wisdom of God. In, the, in, the, in his first, in that kind of rhetorical question when he says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he might instruct him? Who could know more than God and give God some pointers on what he should be doing? No one. I mean, there there is no one else. And then he says, but we have the mind of Christ. Think about that. The, the, the new man, having been regenerated, we've accepted Christ and we put on the new, put off the old. We have the mind of Christ. That's that in itself too is, is is amazing that God can take us and reconfigure us, so to speak, and make us someone that seeks after him, has faith in him, lives differently because of it than we did before. And he does it all by his spirit. Not something you can see, but you can see the tangible results of what happens. Um, Paul writes something similar to this to the Romans in Romans chapter 11, um, 33 through 36. He says, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm sure Paul was amazed at the things that God showed him. And the places and the, the, the people that he was to go take this message to because it wasn't an easy task. Paul suffered a lot to do what he did. 
we were talking about some of that this morning in, in Sunday school when he wrote the book to the Thessalonian churches. But keep in mind the fact that you and I, believers, have the mind of Christ. And through the Holy Spirit, we can begin to know God's thoughts, talk with Him, and expect His answers in our prayers. I don't know about you, but when if, if I keep this thought and trying to get around all of this stuff, it really changes my out my expectations of when I pray to him. That if everything we've talked about is really true, like the Bible says, we've got the mind of Christ, and the Spirit knows and reveals the deep things of God to us, when I come to him in prayer and know that he, he wants me to be praying to him and all that he's done as far as this relationship and to help us to know him it really changes my hope and my expectancy of knowing that I think God's going to answer my prayer in a very good way the best way possible because he knows this whole thing. He knows the whole picture. Past, present, and future. Wherever that prayer lies in there. Or my concern. God knows it all. But it, it, it rests with me to, to know him better. As, if you, as you read this and you, you see what... Paul is writing and what God has done through the Spirit and all that he's given us, if we can't communicate with God or don't feel we're communicating, whose fault is that? Mine. I have not spent the time to get to know God and, and, and utilize what he's done because this is, this is incredible stuff that God has done for us and what he's revealed for us. Um... Paul also writes to the Philippian church in chapter 2, verse 5. He says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. If we have the mind of Christ, now he's saying that our attitude should be the same as Jesus. I don't know about you, but there's quite often my attitude is not quite there. It's hard. I mean, it's 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 easy to you know go and say, okay, my mind's my attitude is supposed to be like that. It, it is it's not an easy thing, and you know, attaining knowing all this information is is great, but it takes a lot of work to to work all this stuff through our lives and utilize it and, and grow and understand what, first of all, try to figure out who we are, but then incorporate everything that God wants to put in us, through us. 
you know, share with us. Um, you know, I think God could share something new, some new revelation, some new thought, every minute of the day of our life, and never run out of something to show us or share with us. I mean, there's just so much that God knows, and I mean, it's it's you can say it so many different ways, but you always end up at the same spot, like. You're just like, wow. I mean, that, that's incredible. But if we really want our attitude to, to change, if we want to have the mind of Christ, we have to spend time with Him. In His Word, in prayer. And if we're willing to do that, our lives will change. I guarantee it. We will not be the same as before, you know, even if we, we've had a relationship, if we move on and we desire more and more and more, our lives are going to change. They're going to become more godly, more Christ-like. So, you know, as, as wonderful as all this stuff is that Paul's talked about, until it's mine or until it's yours, it's just wonderful information. But when it becomes ours and, and we live by it and we experience it, then we, we really begin to understand, I think, how much God loves us, how much He really wants us to be with Him in eternity. Because this is all of this that we're talking about right now, this stuff is all pre eternity. This is the pregame. The main event is yet to come. You know, we're just getting ready to enter into a permanent relationship with Him. A permanency that'll make you and I young again, whole again. We will be complete like we've never been before. And that's going to be it. I mean, we will be that way for eternity. I mean, that that's... That's quite a promise. But that's what he does. That's what he offers us. So God has given uh, believers unbelievable access to the inmost intimacies of his being. That's how much God loves you and I. That he is willing and he found a way even though we are so finite and you know, our abilities and our understandings are so limited in, in comparison to Him. But He's able to still reveal us, reveal to us who He is. And by the Spirit of God, we have amazing abilities to come near to God and receive almost unspeakable things from Him. They are incredible. The deep things of God. We have the mind of Christ. But be assured, re receiving these types of things will change your life. And it doesn't matter who you are. That's, that's the good part. Sometimes in life, privileges and benefits 
only come to certain people that have certain status, certain amount of money, you know. But all of this incredible relational identity that God wants to give us, anybody can receive it. We just have to believe and accept it. And we all can enjoy from the most wealthy to the most impoverished. Doesn't matter. God is God is just and righteous and you know it just it just is really good. I think I think heaven's gonna be a blast. Because everything will be right, it'll be just, it'll be perfect. We won't have to worry about all this unevenness that we see in society. And so I'm very thankful for God that He is He just values you and I so much, given us so much and put so much before us. Um, so I hope this morning that you got just a little your appetite maybe was wet just a little bit more to pursue a little bit further and a little bit harder and you know to, to seek after God uh, in what is written in the word because there's there's and, and this by no means is encompasses everything that, that that the Bible tells us about what is ours as believers through Christ. Let's pray. Father, we praise you. Thank you today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that first of all you gave us life. You desired creation that would love you as much as you love the creation that you you formed. And Lord, as we have the opportunity to love you back, I pray, Lord, that we would, as best we can, grasp everything that you've helped put in place for us to, to use, to strengthen us, to help us know you, help us to be able to live in this world, even though it is as full of sin as it is, and corrupted, and and live in this world with a manner that will bring honor and glory to you and help us to live life and enjoy it. And in that enjoyment and in living our life, be able to, to show and to take the message to the world around us. So, Lord, I praise you today. I thank you that you saw fit to put us in this picture of sharing the gospel with with the world. So, Lord, help us to be diligent to do that, to give people a reason for the hope that's within us. And hopefully they see something in our lives that they want, that they don't have. They don't know how to get it any other way but to ask us where we got what we have. And Lord, that then we would be able to, to lead them to you. So help us to be faithful to accomplish those things. And when doubts come, Lord, and when insecurities and troubles and things that would distract us, Lord, help us to, to go back to your word and through your spirit be able to find strength and hope 
that would take us and carry us through through any difficulties in life, Lord. So, Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. And, Lord, I, I just thank you for the privilege to be able to um, share and to grow in a way that you intended. Now, grow in the in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be glo- glory both now and forever. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week. I hope you can go into the week encouraged that God is God is there. He's wanting to to help you in the in the upcoming week.